When you're doing the most, you just go through some things Sometimes I just feel like you're losing your place But these are the things that go through on a day You just gotta move on and you Brother. just gotta face them uh, what a what a fantastic opportunity to have a chat with you. I remember the last time uh, I saw you really good. It was the first time I met you. Was remember that crazy weekend in January? With, <laughs> with, uh, yeah, with yeah, Goku, yeah. That that uh, ridiculous Hazy. weekend. <laughs> that crazy weekend at the V at uh, Hazy's house. Uh, that was the only yeah, opportunity man. I had to have a one-on-one chat with you. So. Um, you, you you struck me and gripped me from the first minute. So having you on the pod was an absolute uh, objective of mine, and I'm really happy to uh, have it have it done now. Hey man, uh, I feel honored, bro. Um, you know, I think since our first interaction, you know, you you sort of struck me as the kind of guy that I'd I'd love to to sit down and and conversate with. You know, um, yeah. you you seemed very inquisitive and. You know, willing to look at things from a from a perspective that is much deeper than that, you know, that many people sort of apply, which mm. is that of a surface level. You know, mm. yours was more willing to 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 look beyond the surface of the water, you know, mm. so to say. Mm. And and uh, yeah, man, look, I've been I've been looking forward to this. You know, since since the day you you sent me that that little message on LinkedIn, yeah, I was I was. Yeah, I've been I've been very keen. Absolutely incredible. And speaking about LinkedIn, I've been uh, ever ever since we became connections. Um, I've always just had a great time reading some of your content. How how are you so articulate with your thoughts? Because that's something that comes out um, when reading and you know going through your LinkedIn content and some of the thoughts that you post there, like. Is there, is there anything maybe from um, any experiences that you've had or is it just a skill you've had uh, across your childhood? Um, how, how are you so articulate with things that can be very complex to explain or to get across? Mm. Well, <laughs> if I'd be lying if I said it's a skill I've always had. Um, <laughs> but I think since childhood, well, from childhood, I've always been an I've always been someone who loves to channel uh, my imagination, right? Right. So, and as the years went by, I started getting into the craft of meditation. Mm. And that, that what meditation has helped me do is it's helped me clarify my observations. Right? Mm. Because in, in meditation, you sit and you observe, right? You do not move. You do not interject. You just sit and observe. And in that observation, there is purity that comes from my observation and the content or how can I put it? What I'm, what I'm observing and, 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 and myself, there's, there's, there's a certain connection and clarity that comes with, you know, just being there in that position and experiencing that, you know? So mm. I think the, 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 the art of meditation has really helped me in being able to articulate whatever it is that I, that I want to articulate, you know. Right. So when 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 did you start meditating? I started in um it was it was in the build-up of my matric examinations, right? And yeah. it was actually some crazy divide intervention type of shit because I was literally <laughs> sitting there and studying, right? Um, some YouTube mm. videos of you know different history uh, teachers explaining different concepts and whatnot, and a headspace, mm. a headspace ad 
um, you know, just came across my screen. Do you know yeah. of Headspace, the, the 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 meditation company? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've heard, one. I've heard of it. I've never used it personally, but it's 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 an app that I've heard of. Yeah, no, I, I definitely recommend that to anyone who's interested in meditation. And you know, that has started the journey on meditation, really, which for me and my experience. It's about sitting down there and observing your own thoughts, not fighting with the thoughts. And this is something that comes across, especially from the guided meditations, where the meditation instructor or the meditation teacher is constantly reminding you, you know, obviously in, at, a, at appropriate times throughout the meditation, that don't mm. fight with the thoughts, right? Don't, mm. um, re, don't, don't reject whatever you're feeling. Don't reject the discomfort that you may be feeling because meditating can be, you know, very uncomfortable at times. Um, yeah. How, yeah. how do you sit there in an, in, 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 in a position where you are impartial and you observe mm. your own thoughts and what the heck is happening in your mind, right? It's been such a, a refreshing experience. And when you speak about, you know, meditation helping you clarify your observations, that's absolutely very similar to the experience I've had. Mm. Well, to, to answer your first question, my brother, which is when did I start? Um, I didn't start as early as, as you did, you know, uh, yeah. but I started, I think, no, no, we might have started in and around the same time, actually. Yeah, Lockdown, very, late, right? late 2019 for me, late 2019. Late 2019 for you? Yeah. Okay, for me, for me, for me, it was mid, mid 2020, right? So pandemic days. So, sorry? Pandemic days. Yeah, yeah, pandemic days. Yeah. So this all happened while I was cooped in my room during lockdown. And, you know, I just happened to get my hands on one of Robin Sharma's books. Um, mm. I think the book was either 5 a.m. Club or The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, but one of the two, right? Sure. So, yeah, I just, probably 5 a.m. Club, though. So as I read the book, I came across this very foreign you know, foreign concept of meditation at the time. And uh, it, it, it's, it's really been a journey, you know, a journey that, that, uh, that I've enjoyed, you know, a journey of also venturing, how can I put it? A journey of venturing beyond my own vulnerability, mm. you know? Mm. You know, so it's, 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 it's been a, it's been a journey, you know, to, to meditate, to just sit there vulnerable with your eyes closed or however you, you prefer to meditate, but just sitting still, you know, is, is, is something that a lot of us cannot do simply because our minds are always racing. Mm. Right. And, and what's meditate, what meditation has also allowed me to do is to be aware of my own existence. Mm. Right. Because I think I think a lot of us don't even know how how our breath sounds, or you know we're not even aware of how we're breathing, right? Mm. So it's it's those little things, those little aspects of my life that meditation has sort of allowed me to unearth, you know. So really, man, it's 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 really brought me to a place of always trying to be present. Mm. it's made me a more aware individual um it's it's it, it's truly changed my life for the better you know so so yeah like yourself you know meditation for me has is able to 
to calm me and 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 to clarify certain things. And you know, like like you were saying, a lot of people try to fight their thoughts, right? Mm. And 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 meditation is one of those practices that if you do it right and if you do it consistently, it will allow you to observe your thought, your thoughts, and then medicate your thoughts, right? Mm. So allow me to explain. So a lot of us know that we have certain feelings, right? But because we never really take the time to fully observe what it is that we're feeling, we then mistreat our feelings. Right. And all that does just perpetuates a cycle of pain and hurt, right? So when you sit, when you're seated and you're meditating, what then happens is you, you start to train your mind to be able to observe an object or an element in its entirety, right? So what that does, it increases your objectivity. So even when you're tackling and, and dealing with your feelings, now because you're operating from a point that is more, that is clearer, a point of, 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 of a more objective point, right. then you'll be able to treat it a bit better, yeah. right? So, so, so that's one of, the, one of the skills that I've sort of learned from the art of meditation. For you, how do you, how do you now, because my, in my understanding of, of, of meditation and in my experience and my interpretation of it, the key, right, the key to really um, living a, a mindful life, you know, living a lifestyle where you are present, where you are absolutely self-aware and all these sorts of elements that come into meditation as a practice. One of what the key objective really of meditation is when you're sitting down on that yoga mat, right? At 5 a.m. Mm. in the morning or what, whatever time you wake up or whenever you meditate, right? Whenever you choose to meditate. When you sit down on that yoga mat and you meditate, once you get up and you're now going back into real life or you're starting your day, the trick is getting that feeling or that sensation that you've had throughout your meditation and taking that out through your entire day, right? So that sense of calmness that you've experienced during the meditation, that sense of serenity that you feel when you sit down and observe your own thoughts and the physical, you know, sensation that you have after sitting down and meditating. The key aspect of it is how does that stay consistent throughout your day? I think that's, that's one of the that's one of the things that I've been grappling with ever since I started. Mm. It. And I think that's, that's when you get to like the pro level of meditation, when you are able to do that, you know? So the question <laughs> yeah, is, how do you, how do you sort of, you know, keep those feelings and those sensations that you get from meditation and take them out through your day? That's the, that's the major day. trick for me. Yeah. So in my humble opinion, sure, and sure, I sure. am no master in, med- in meditation, yeah. <laughs> but, but for me, yeah, that that's the problem. Exactly. I think a lot of us are treating meditation as an exercise, mm. right? I think meditation should be more about. I don't want to say a lifestyle because that's more cliche, yeah. but I think meditation should just be something that we are always engaged in, right? So to meditate is to be aware, right? Mm. So. That, that, that act in the morning at 5 a.m. or whenever you do it at the beginning of your day, that act is just to activate, mm. right? It's just to activate your consciousness. It's just to activate your, 
your level of awareness, right? So a lot of us, what we do after meditating is we disengage, right? Right. And and by disengaging, then we signaling to our minds that this act of meditation or this state of awareness is now coming to an end, sure. right? So I think what we need to do a bit more often is to to stay activated. So right. I don't know. Maybe during the day you can you can set yourself. Um, you can include in your in your schedule or whatever a bunch of exercises that help you become more aware, mm. right? Because it is only through repetition that you will learn to be consistent in this thing, mm. right? So what I, can, what, what I can suggest is even throughout your day, maybe stop for five minutes and do maybe uh, breathing techniques or mm. do two-minute mindful meditation and, you know, one, two, three. What that does is it constantly keeps your mind engaged, right? Mm. It constantly keeps you in a state of awareness. So the trick is not to meditate once a day. The trick is to find a free, to find frequent intervals within your day mm. that you can utilize to, to, to sort of continuously stay in touch with the state of, with the state of awareness. 100%. I try as much as possible to have one minute, three times a day, obviously after the meditation, three times yeah. a day to just do five deep breaths. Literally, that's mm. that's how small you can start in order to you mm. know, begin that sustainable momentum that you need for meditation. Because doing it for yeah. one day and then skipping and then maybe doing it for another day, maybe skipping two days, you, you'll never have that, the, you know, the true benefit of having a mindful perspective to life, right? So having yeah. those intervals that you mentioned throughout the day, that has worked for me so far. And mm. um, just the entire art of meditation really just gives you a completely different perspective to life. I think it's similar to yoga um, in, in, many, in many different ways. It's similar to yoga and the meditation elements, um, you know, come into yoga quite a lot. So very similar things, but meditation, I suppose it's more accessible because you don't really need any equipment. You just need to find a place, a quiet place, obviously where you can yeah. sit down for a couple of minutes and observe your thoughts with your eyes closed. Yeah. That's exactly, that, that, that's, that's it really. You know what I mean? So <laughs> literally people, people should do, should, should absolutely or could, you know, they could, they could, they could integrate more meditation in their lives. Yeah. hundred percent. Do you, do do, do you do yoga? No, I don't, I don't do yoga. I've tried. Um, it's, it's pretty hard to <laughs> well, do. You're not flexible enough. <laughs> Trust me, I can bend in many different ways, bro. Right. But uh, yoga, yoga, I feel like, you know, it's the intention behind it that is really difficult. You know, as much as you are, say, for example, you know, you know, uh, in different positions, all these different yoga postures that you put yourself in. But Mm. the tough thing about it is it's almost like yoga and meditation at the same time, because when you're in a certain posture or when you're in a certain yoga position, there's also a breathing technique that accompanies that, right? So Mm. you breathe in a certain, I don't know, you could be down with your your stomach flat on on your yoga mat, and then you have Mm. your legs up. And then at the same time, there's a, a certain expectation for you to breathe a certain way. So it can be a bit yeah. more complex. So I, I want yeah. to try it. At some point, I'd like to uh, be able to uh, 
um, have the, the 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 time as well to to do some mm. yoga sessions because I think also that it it just you know meditation yoga it just unlocks a, a different experience of life I feel yeah now hundred percent I think as as you're speaking there I sort of realized some of the similarities that yoga and meditation might have you know when you're speaking about um, breathing and you know what came to mind is the fact that in yoga, your awareness has to be so high because mm. not only are you focusing on your breath and your thoughts, but now you need to be very aware of your muscle movements mm. and, you know, many other aspects of your body. So, so yeah, th- those are two maybe mainly Eastern, Eastern practices that I think a lot of people should, should look up. Yeah, definitely. And really comes from Buddhism. Uh, that's the, the, the genesis of all these different practices that have changed the way humans interact with themselves and how they observe their own thoughts and how they, you know, keep their sums, keep themselves in check. Cause you've got, you know, the leading sports people, athletes, uh, business executive leaders across the world that use meditation and or yoga in their daily lives, you know? So there's clearly, um, there's clearly a benefit there, especially if you're leading, a so-called busy life or you leading a life where mm. there's quite a lot of stress, right? These are techniques mm. that you can definitely tap into and it'll take you to another level for you in your time doing meditation, right? What, what, what has yeah. changed or what, what are the things that you feel um, it has brought to you apart from obviously the clarification of your thoughts, which is more yeah. some of the most, you know, the, the mental or psychological impacts, but apart from mm. that really in, in your life in general, what, what has meditation brought for you? Oh, that, that is a that is a beautiful question, my brother. Um, oh well, thank you. What has it brought for me? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I think it has it has made me a lot calmer. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, that's 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 number one. Sure. And secondly, and I think arguably one of the most important one of the most important things that you know, I've sort of grown to have, so mm. to say, mm. is the ability to see things for what they are and not mm. whether what and not what I want them to be. Right. Wow. So it's sort of like because in because when you're meditating, you're observing, right? You tend to realize that your first initial observation is not what you're actually observing, right? Because the longer you meditate, the deeper your observation becomes and the more, back to clarity now, and then the more clarity you get. That simply means that your perspective should not, or not your perspective, well, your thought process shouldn't end after the first thought, right? So what meditation has helped me do, even in relationships and interactions, is to be able to see or see beyond the action, right? So I, 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 love, I love talking about um, a sequential method that our brain sort of goes through, which is your, your, your actions are a product of your thoughts and your thoughts are a product of your memory and your memory is a product of your experience, right? Mm. So what meditation has allowed me to do is it's allowed me to look beyond, look beyond the, 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 the action and to not judge the action, but instead experience the action and try to observe the, 
the thought, memory, and experience to better understand the action, right? Mm. So it has sort of made me a better individual, a better, a better brother. It's made me, it's made me a better son. It's made me a better friend. It's made me a better student. It's made me a better businessman. Cause now you, you start looking for the substance in things mm. and you don't just stop at the, the, the surface level when you're dealing with things and when you're dealing with people, you know? So that, that for me is arguably one of the most important um, products of, of meditation. Yeah. And you, you mentioned how meditation has, has made you a better brother, a better son, a better student and whatnot. And th- that's so powerful because something that comes across in my meditations quite a lot is the question, how does you meditating right now? Or how does you taking this meditation course impact the people around you? Because when you are leading a life of mindfulness, a life of calmness, a life of serenity that you have extracted from your experience and your consistency in meditation, that definitely makes you a better human being to be around. It makes you a better human being to speak to. It makes you a better human being in terms that you can empathize more. You're more compassionate. You're more understanding of other people because you've got such a high understanding of yourself and your own thoughts. Right. 100%. So I feel the, the, the impact, not only that, uh, that meditation can have on you, but the people around you and your relationships personally, business wise, it's massive. Mm. Right? It's absolutely massive. And I think this is not spoken about enough. Right. It's not spoken about enough how much, how far reaching the impact of you meditating can have on the quality of life that you have, but also the quality of the relationships that you have as a human being. Mm. So absolutely key. And it's so, so great to actually find out that you meditate, but I'm not surprised really, you know, cause you know, that, that weekend <laughs> back, that crazy weekend back in the V, right. You were, <laughs> you were definitely the calmest, right. In terms of just your persona, um, the way you spoke also, right. I, I could pick up yeah. that this is, this is someone who is uh, very clear and has a very, you know, defined interpretation of who they are and what they expect of other people and you know, really, just makes sense that you do meditate because you definitely come Appreciate across as that, a person. Do you, do do you know of stoicism? Because it's it's very much similar to um, some of the <sighs> virtues, rather that um, meditation. I've, I've been I've been meaning to get into it. Um, there's a book actually that I've that I'm been meaning to buy. I think it's called The Daily Stoic. I read something that, like that. I read that every single day of my life, my brother. It's so <laughs> that's. That's I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Um, I think, but I don't, I don't really know much about it or what it's about, sure. but I'm, but I'm trying to, to, to learn more about it. No, definitely. I'll, 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 I'll exchange, let's exchange some ideas um, after this. Definitely can. No problem. Give you a, give so, you a... Just to interject there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah go um, on. While you're speaking about the, the effects that meditation can have on the people in and, in and around you, it, it, it's, I had a thought about responsibility, right? Mm. And I think this is, this is one of the main concepts that people fail to grasp in any area of their lives, the concept of responsibility, right? Mm. So I'm going to bring it back to, to what Mark Manson said. He's the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, yes. right? Yes. So in, in his book, there's a quote, not really a quote, but he makes a distinction between two concepts. 
fault and responsibility right so so a lot of people think that you only have to be responsible if something is your fault Mm. right and that's why i think humanity is where it is today because we don't understand the concept of fault and responsibility right what you were referring what you were what you were referring to when you were speaking about how meditation can change the lives of those in and around you is 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 you being responsible right because what a lot of people don't understand is jabu is society right because without you society doesn't doesn't exist right so the individual is an ext- so society can only exist if the individual exists right so therefore that then puts pressure on us as a species to be more responsible in how we interact and deal with ourselves because who we are is who society is right so if you more calmer if you more understanding if you more empathetic society is going to be more empathetic more calmer more because what you do always has a ripple effect right mm. so i i think if anything just to urge your audience to it's to be more responsible to take on responsibility to to not play to not be a victim which is yeah. something one of which is something our political parties are preaching exactly you know it's 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 the concept of of responsibility is is of the utmost importance and is one that we need to really grasp and understand and really start being more active in 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 being a responsible citizens 100% but i, I think that the, the issue is that people shy away from responsibility right and and i'm sure mm. there's is there's a there's a there's a huge section or um, a cross section of our population globally of mm. people who understand this concept but majority um from from my observations is mm. people shy away from taking responsibility that's why you've got such a, a an endemic blame culture that happens not mm. only in our homes not only in our schools but it also happens mm. in parliament it happens on tv you see mm. it you see uh you know politicians not wanting to take or not wanting to be accountable i mean i mean do you have have you seen the video of Peggy Kale? saying shut up shut up to that uh, <laughs> to that i don't keep up with the news right so i i i i definitely agree with that actually but it came up um on on my feed the other day and i was just like here's an example of exactly what is going on with most of humanity is when yeah. you are when you you as a person who is responsible for something right is mm. um you you are approached right and you're given feedback you don't want to take responsibility you don't want to be held accountable you know mm. and people the, the issue is that people the most extreme cases is where people don't want to even take accountability for their own actions in their own lives now that's where of the course. issue comes in because that now mm. affects all of us so having an attitude of um 100% responsibility whether something mm. is your fault or it's not your fault it's your responsibility as to how you respond or react to it right and 100%. i feel that's that's something that 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 hasn't come through enough in 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 our society is that 
everything that happens to you, it may not be your fault, but it's definitely your responsibility as to how you deal with it, right? And you speak, you speak about um, um, how, how, you know, especially in our political um, landscape, victimization is such a huge thing where political parties and politicians um, themselves have this attitude of complaining and blaming someone else for something happening in our country. Mm. Um, the most mm. easiest thing to blame is apartheid, especially when it comes mm. to black people. Like when mm. are we not only, not only in those topics, but in general, when are we going to realize the liberating impact of taking responsibility for your life? You know mm. what I mean? I think that's, that's something that's missing for us. What can I ask a question? Uh, sure. Go on. What do you, why do you think that's the case? Why do you think a lot of people shy away from the concept or why do you think they shy away from taking responsibility? I don't know. Is it a lack of understanding? Could be, but I think it's, it's also the, the, the magnitude. Oh, here it is. I think here's my opinion. It's, it's the magnitude of the impact that taking responsibility can have. People don't understand the power and control that comes with taking responsibility. And that's why they do not feel equipped or they do not feel that they are worthy enough to be able to control those things in their lives. I'll give you an example. When you know you hear a motivational speaker or a lot of self-help books speak about happiness and happiness being in your control and happiness being in you know, your domain of, of control, sphere of influence. People don't want to accept that, right? People don't want to accept that actually their own happiness is up to them because happiness really as a, as, as a concept, especially in the Western world and how we've grown up is something that we should treasure the most, even above, above things like money and all these sorts of material things. Now, where you, you know, give someone the responsibility of their own happiness and again, especially in a South African context now, convincing an old person who has been, suffered throughout um, um, apartheid, for example, they voted in the 1994 elections, convincing them that their happiness is not dependent on a political party is something that not prepared to do, right? And I think mm. that's, that's a, I, I don't know how you fix that because that, that just becomes a mentality thing, right? Mm. Convincing a... And sorry for the, the for the stereotype, right? But convincing a Goko who's been voting for <laughs> ANC for like years and years and years, you know, and really convincing them and trying to make them understand that your happiness and your success does not rely on a political party. It's you. I think that's really hard to to break that sort of chain of understanding. Just just to stay on the subject of happiness for 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 a while. Um, sure. <sighs> Do you think happiness is an emotion or a state? I believe happiness, it, it could be both. I can be happy, but definitely the most sustainable and practical in my life is happiness being a state of being. Right. So, so I think that's, that's where a lot of people sort of go wrong when it comes to happiness, because I think we're chasing something that is unstable, right? Because happiness for me is an emotion. Happiness comes when there's a burst of what maybe dopamine or a spike of, of, of whatever hormone it is that, that sort of controls how we, how we feel or react, right? So I think 
again, a distinction of concepts. I think if we can, can distinguish the differences between peace and happiness, I think the world would be a better place. I think what most of us really want is peace. But because of our lack of understanding of what happiness is, we keep chasing something that is unstable. Mm. And that only brings frustration, right? Because we one day we have it and the next day it's gone, right? But that's only because we're not spiritually balanced. When I, what, what do I mean spiritually balanced? I mean, I mean our, 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 our being is, is, is always reliant on external factors. Exactly. Right. That, that's, that for me is what happiness is about. Well, what we've made it about. It, so, so for me, I think we should be chasing a more, we should be chasing peace and not happiness. You know, so, because yeah. I think <laughs> you can always be at peace, but you'll, but you'll never always be happy. Oh, right? Let me give you an example. So let's say Jabu right now just bought a brand new Golf 8, right? Best day of his life, right? Tomorrow, he gets into an accident. The car is totally wrecked. You know, Jabu can be happy when he buys the car, but that happiness will immediately be gone the soon, well, the, as soon as the crash happens, mm. right? But if Jabu is at peace, even when he buys the car, he can be happy, but peace, if he has peace when he buys the car, when the car gets totaled, he will still be at peace. He will still be able to make peace with the fact that, okay, this is a material position that has been destroyed, one, two, three, right? So peace comes from a detachment, right? Detachment of our own opinions, detachment of um, our own irresponsible consciousness, mm. detachment of our own ideas, Mm. detachment from our own conditioning that's that that's where you'll find peace right so i think a lot of us really need to start doing more work inwardly right to really start doing a bit more introspection to really ask ourselves the questions about happiness and peace and love and all, all those sort of things, right? Because mm. I think we, we're, living, we're living in a world right now where we're just absorbing things. We're just consuming things without really questioning things, right? And I think if you just consume and absorb without questioning, that's when you'll find conflict, right? Because you're absorbing, you're, you're absorbing and consuming someone else's opinion and that is conflicting with an opinion that you formulated for yourself, mm. right? So I think we need to be more intentional and more responsible in our observation, in our questioning, in 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 our consumption, right? So so for me, really, happiness is is about living a more responsible life. You know, being being more at peace because happiness will come in periods. It will it will it will come in 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 flashes and in seasons, yeah. right? So that should never be the aim because happiness is is unstable. Exactly. So, so yeah, we and should actually, we should really aim 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 for peace. And also the fact that, or the advantage of peace not being as volatile as happiness should definitely make it a more important virtue than just hundred percent as as we as we are as we are taught really or has or as we've been programmed to think about happiness. 
you know? 100%. I mean, what, does, what does happiness mean for someone, the, the average person in the world, you know? What does the media want them to believe happiness is? In that case, it's mm. a lot of material possession. It's a lot 100%. of, um, uh, you know, parties with people that you don't even know who are only there because, I don't know, you just made a couple of bags, you know? That, that, that definition of happiness that has been pushed to us, I think that also is problematic in people being able to understand that relationship that they have with others. When you're doing the most, you go to some things. Sometimes I just feel like you're losing your place. But these are the things we go through on a daily. You just gotta move on and you just had a face. Solving the problem, we never erase it. They go check on your flows, but they never replace it. They're ignoring my tips, but they know I'm amazing. At the top of my meet, I go tell them you hate it.